Hello, demon lovers. I'm your host, James Ippolitti, Dr. J on TikTok, and I have a demon for you today that has a Keanu Reeves connection. Whoa. Yep, that's right, Keanu. There is a connection because your enemies in the John Wick movie call you Baba Yaga. Coming to get you, Barbara. I'll swallow your soul! All right. This is episode 16 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. We are going to talk about Baba Yaga. But before I get into it all, I want to bring up a quote from... Andreas Johns, and he practically wrote the book on Baba Yaga. He has a book called Baba Yaga, The Ambiguous Mother and Witch of Russian Folklore, and he, or Folk Tale. And his quote is, It is clear that there can be no single correct interpretation or understanding of Baba Yaga. That's kind of my get-out-of-jail-free card. If this guy says it, then, you know, I might get some stuff wrong. You might disagree with some Baba Yaga things. But I will tell you one thing. I will be saying Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga quite a bit because it's fun to say Baba Yaga. I have a contest that I will be announcing the winner on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2022. Wow, I almost didn't get that. The prize is a Funko Pop Krampus. A Hot Topic exclusive. You can't get these things now. You can, but you pay for them quite a bit. And this is a flocked Krampus, which means it's got the little fur on it. All you need to do is find me on TikTok and Instagram. I don't care what post. Just say, you know, you're following me on TikTok or Instagram. Go to my bio and subscribe to my newsletter, my weekly newsletter. I'm going to pick a name from all my people who are on that newsletter list. So if you're already on the newsletter list, you're fine, you're good, don't worry about it. But if you're not, get on that newsletter list and I will announce the winner on Christmas Eve for the Funko Pop Hot Topic exclusive Flocked Krampus. Okay, we've got that out of the way. Remember, we're working toward a Real Demons of Pop Culture coloring book. My friend Chris is doing the artwork, so that is still in the making. And the nice thing about being in the newsletter is I, when he sends me some things, I show you the draft of the artwork that he's working on for all these lesser key Assam and demons. So you definitely want to be part of that really fun stuff there. Let's get started with our lucky number. I'm going to think of a number between 1 and 50. I'll count down to 3. When I'm thinking of that number, you write it down at the end of the episode. I'll reveal the lucky number, and if you get it right, you will have an extra special day. If you get it wrong, you'll just have a special day. All right. Three, two, one. All right. I thought of the number. I hope you got it, too. And that, my friends, is the lucky number. All right. This week, we're going to dive into Russian East Slavic folklore and explore the supernatural being known as Baba Yaga. Um, There's also different spellings, Baba Yaga, I-A-G-A. And the name, the meaning of the name, the etymology, I'm not going to get too much into that. Google it because there is just so much 
unknown when it comes to the name. You know, Baba means old woman, and it's not, it's a derogatory term to call someone a Baba. Um, they're not really sure what Yaga comes from, you know, and I find it interesting that all these scholarly people are like, what does Yaga mean? Maybe it's related to this, or maybe it's this Latin word, or maybe just somebody thought it was fun to say Baba Yaga and made it up. I mean, I make up words all the time and what, 500 years from now, somebody's going to like listen to a podcast and be like, I wonder what that word means. No, I mean, they could have just said, it rhymes, it sounds fun, Baba Yaga, you know? Like, it could be like, you know how you, like, talk to your friends and you, like, give them stupid nicknames that come out of nowhere? You don't even know where they come from. So who cares, honestly? It sounds fun to say, Baba Yaga, right? Oh, yeah, Baba Yaga. Oh, the old witch with a hut with chicken legs. It's Baba Yaga. All right, enough of that silliness. So the one thing we're going to definitely agree on is Baba Yaga isn't easy on the eyes. Usually depicted ugly witch, evil, ferocious looking, uh, very tall, gaunt, an old woman with bony legs. The bony legs could that she's just so scrawny or maybe she's a skeleton, disheveled hair. Now, there's a mention of a very long nose to the point where she laid down on the floor. The nose would touch the ceiling and that she has this nose and she can smell people around her. Um, And this leads some scholars to believe that Baba Yaga is blind. And that's why there's this long nose that can smell. Maybe, maybe not. Let's leave that for the folklorists to argue in their basements. She was once a goddess who reigned over time, life, death, and the elements. And she's associated with strong winds, dark forest, and forest wildlife. So all the little animals of the forest. She has powers. She can like kind of control time and the elements and the weather and all kinds of cool things like that. She's connected to the earth, the heaven, the underworld. She really has so many different characteristics to the point of being a goddess in some stories. She's a witch in some stories. She's what they call a donor, someone who helps the hero in some stories, like the uh, fairy godmother, that type. She's a motherly figure. So the Baba Yaga, free jazz Baba Yaga, The Baba Yaga, the Baba Yaga. All right. What you're going to learn about the Baba Yaga in this is that she literally has so many different stories that sometimes she's evil, sometimes she's not, sometimes she's ambiguous. So let's uh, keep that in mind as we go through. There's no one Baba Yaga. So she sometimes has enchanted mirrors that can turn into lakes, combs that transform into forests, handkerchiefs that become rivers. She has a flying carpet, fire-breathing horses, which is super cool. I want a fire-breathing horse. Can you imagine, like, you're going to work and you're like, somebody cuts you off and your horse is like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. She doesn't fly around on a broom. She actually flies around in a mortal with a pestle. 
And if you don't know what that is, a mortal and a pestle, a mortal is like a bowl with that. You've seen it in all the medicine ads. Um, the pestle's the kind of handle-looking thing that goes into the cup, and then they smash things inside. So the reason why this is important is because this was very important in old times of making grain or medicine. This is what a woman would be using in the kitchen uh, or in the household. So that's why it's associated. We're going to get into this sort of kitchen and household thing in a little bit. But that is the mortar. Now, I've read that she flies around, but almost low to the ground, so like a hover mortar. Um, and that the pestle is used sort of to guide her way. And sometimes there's a broom in this case where she sweeps her way as she's mortaring and pestling around in the forest, deep in the forest. And we didn't talk about her house. And the house is usually really remotely in the forest, but it's a hut and it's on these like chicken legs and it can walk, it can move around. So Baba Yaga has like the first mobile home. In some tales, this house um, spins around and spins around and spins around. It keeps spinning and spinning. And until, uh, like, if you want it to stop, you got to say a little chant. It's the only way you can stop this hut from constantly spinning. And it's, well, let's put some uh, music in here, some drums again. Oh, yeah. Here's what you got to say. Little house, little house, turn your back to the forest, your front to me. All right, there you go. Little house, little house, turn your back to the forest, your front to me. Then the house will stop spinning and she can get in. She is also related to cannibalism, but there's really no stories that do this. It's more like a threat of cannibalism. Um, and so there's some stories that say she eats children. Some say that she threatens to eat children, but she doesn't really eat children. But again, she's ambiguous in a lot of these stories. So just like most of the demons we talk about on the real demons of pop culture, she is sometimes there to help, sometimes there to hinder. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Okay, so the first documented evidence of Baba Yaga, they had woodblock prints. Now, woodblock prints is this is where you get a piece of wood and you get something to carve in the artwork into the wood. And then you would put ink on the wood and get a piece of paper and put it on the wood. And that's the print. And these were from the 17th century. So this tells us that we know Baba Yaga was part of their oral tradition at that time because of these prints. The first written mention of Baba Yaga was in 1755. Uh, it was in the notes in a Russian grammar book. That is just a note. The first narrative, 1780, is in Vasily Levishin's collection, Russian fairy tales, terrifying and dangerous. They were listed with teeth and like tusks and hands like bear claws. So that's kind of the description. So if you're reading the Russian fairy tale book from 1780, uh, it would say, the, let me see if I can do a Russian accent. Uh, the Russian the bear, it'd be like a bear. So they have a tiny, terrifying and dangerous with teeth like tusk and hairs are like a bear. Hands are like a bear claws. Wow, that's like, I don't know. If you're Russian and you listen to this, uh, find me and tell me how awful and, and offensive that was. Okay. But until the 19th century, Baba Yaga was a monster, you know, Eastern European monster. Um, and then in the 1870s, a collection of Russian fairy tales was translated, and this spread the good news of Baba Yaga. 
it was styled like the Brothers Grimm tales. So if you know the Brothers Grimm's, this was kind of like the Russian version of that. And according to Vladimir Prop's folktale morphology, Baba Yaga could be somebody to help like a fairy godmother. They test the hero. They give them magical assistance whenever the hero may need it. The message here is that Baba Yaga is and can be ambiguous. Now let's talk about a couple stories. A lot of these stories sound very familiar, like Cinderella or Snow White, that kind of thing. Um, and this is like the Russian versions. Like there's one where the dad like takes his daughter to Baba Yaga and Baba Yaga has her do chores. And the daughter has these mice friends that she's very nice to and they help her. And she ends up like, be, you know, doing really well because she's nice to the, the mice. And so when the dad goes and returns to Baba Yaga to find out how his daughter is doing, finds out his daughter is doing really well and is super rich and lovely. And so he brings his daughter home. And then the stepmother's like, oh, I'm going to send my daughter there. So they do. They send their daughter. Uh, the stepmother's daughter goes to uh, Baba Yaga, but she's mean to the mouse. And she's like throwing like rolling pins at the mice and um, – Therefore, because she was mean, Baba Yaga is like, uh, you're not doing really nice. You're not very good. I'm going to break you into pieces and put her bones in the box. That's what happens. She breaks her into pieces and puts her bones in the box. I wonder if it was like that, like like um, Ivan Drago, where um, the, the daughter of the stepmother is like, how did I do? And then Baba Yaga is like, I will break you. I will break you. Then there's another very famous Russian story called Vasilisa the Beautiful. Now, on the deathbed of a merchant, this the mother is dying, and she's the wife of a merchant. She hands a doll to Vasilisa, and she says, always keep this doll with you. If anything bad happens, you'll feed the doll, and then the doll will give you wise advice. And, of course, the dad remarries with – now, this is like Cinderella. He remarries – he has a stepmother, she has a stepmother, and there are stepsisters, and they're evil, and all they do is give Vasilisa crap. They make her do all the chores. They're very cruel to her. But despite all that, she's growing up nice. She's lovely. She's very she's doing really well. They're not breaking her. And what is the reason? Is because she would go at night and she would feed the doll, and the doll would give her advice, and then the doll would do it to work for her. And do this work. So she she didn't like get beaten down because the doll's doing it, right? So they have this really, they want to like kind of screw her. So they basically, this is back when we didn't have electricity. So they did everything by candlelight and they ran out of fire. So they send Vasilisa over to Baba Yaga's house. And ba Baba Yaga's like, all right, you do these chores for me. I'll give you a light. Now, when she goes to Baba Yaga's house, this is really cool. Now, we remember her; it's a hut that's on chicken legs, but it's surrounded by a fence of bones and skulls, and the skulls light up like they have fire in their eyes. And then the uh, latch, like there's these arm bones and these teeth and jaws that become the lock for the fence. So really beautiful, like, looking visuals of this evil-looking lair of Baba Yaga. Just really cool stuff in my eyes. Well, what happens is she has the doll with her because she asked the doll for advice before going to Baba Yaga to get the fire. And the doll's like, hey, man, as long as I'm with you, 
everything's going to be cool. So they go there. The doll does all the work. And Baba Yaga's like, whoa, I'm super impressed with this. You did a really good job. So here's a skull with fire eyes that you can take with you. So their light is going to be this skull with these blazing eyes. So she's like, super cool. This is great. I'm going to go home. She goes home. She's holding the, the skull and like, look, girls, look what I got. I have this wonderful light for us. And they're all like, hooray, we have light. But then flames burst out of the eyes and burn the stepmother and the stepsisters to cinders. And then Vasilisa marries some rich dude, the Tsar. Now, the problem with these stories is that if you really read these, you're going to find out that it's basically teaching a woman how to cook, how to clean, and sew, and do this by someone's command. So in some aspects, it's like, we're going to teach you how to be a good wife and a good uh, mother and a woman in the household. That's kind of what these tales are teaching. But on a different level, they're also teaching the stories with the Baba Yaga are always a young person moving into adulthood, and you need to learn certain things so you can adult. And many people are bad at adulting. And so these stories were pretty well-known and taught so you could be good at adulting back in those days. And so you get a lot of people today who they grow up, they don't know how to do laundry, men or women. You know, they go off to college and they have no skills whatsoever. These stories are kind of like, hey, you're going to have to learn to do these things on your own. So Baba Yaga is there to kind of transition you from young person to adulthood. These stories, before the wall came down, before the Berlin Wall came down, um, a lot of these stories were used in uh, Soviet Union, in the USSR, to kind of be political propaganda of like how you can be a good worker for uh, the Communist Party, for being in a communist world. This is these stories and the character of Baba Yaga was used for that purpose. But when the wall came down, um, these stories came out, and now we have them in Hellboy comics, Hellboy movies, uh, Supernatural. Baba Yaga's even in Fortnite and Spirited Away. So Baba Yaga, that was my dog, Baba Yaga is super, super popular in pop culture all right well my dog is sort of losing her mind right now and i'm gonna end the episode but before i do we gotta hit that magic number the magic number is 22 remember enter into the krampus funko pop contest just find all the links are in my show notes so find that newsletter subscribe to that newsletter and on christmas eve I will reveal that. Uh, other than that, I hope you have a great two weeks. I will be back in two weeks with a new episode. I already decided the demon, which technically more like a god, but, you know, that's, again, all we do is talk about how these demons were maybe demons, maybe not demons, but it's going to be Pan. I'm going to do Pan because Pan, whether you want to say Pan is a god or a demon or whatever, Pan is definitely definitely precursor to Satan. And Satan's not going to be on this show for quite some time. So I wanted to do that. So in two weeks, we're going to do Pan. Pan is not dead. Peace. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. 
I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.